Hello and welcome to the Body and Mindfulness Collective podcast with myself, Louis Padian, and Amelia. Say hello, Amelia. Aloha. So how are you this week? I am fine, thank you. How are you awesome. doing? I'm very well, thanks. Yep, it's been a good start to the week so far. Uh, I think we've all sort of, January felt so long. Oh my God, I yeah. have never been so grateful for a month to end in my entire life. I, oh, it was a long January. Yeah, it was a tough year. Tough year, January. <laughs> it was definitely a tough year. Saying yeah. that, I don't think I posted my crying selfie until February. So, you know, I don't know how much better. Yeah. But... <laughs> just built up, just built up across the month. <laughs> Fine. Ah, fantastic. Um, so we had our first podcast a couple of weeks ago now, was it? Yes. Yep. And uh, had lots of listens, which is good. And this episode, we've got a few more questions from clients and things that we'd like to discuss. I know you've got quite a few questions there. Um, So do you want to start us off? What's your first question? Sure. So what we've done is we've collated some questions from client updates and things that that we think will be really useful for you guys. But if you ever have questions, this is kind of on a tangent, but if you ever have questions, stick them on the Facebook group and we'll chat about them um, on the podcast and then everyone can benefit from them. Yeah. Yep, hundred percent. Um, yeah, great. And a few people. It's been getting a bit busier in there, which is good. Uh, a lot of people posting meals and lots of questions in there. So it's it's good. The community community is really starting to build and get buzzing, which is what we want, really. Uh-huh. Okay, so I figure we should start with a couple of the shorter questions, and then we can get into yes. the nitty gritty. So um, one of the questions I got this week, which I probably get once a week or so because it's winter, is um, L and when we should train when we're ill and when we should rest um, and what actually happens if we train when we're ill so I thought it'd be a brief one to start but very simply covered um so do you want to go go for it or do you want me just to go for it uh you go for it and then I'll okay. probably you'll probably cover everything and I won't have much to add to be honest <laughs> okay um so our general rule um is that if you have any symptoms when you're ill that are below the neck then you should rest from training. So things like chesty cough or like, you know, when you get sore skin, um, muscle aches, anything like that, then you shouldn't train. But if you've got anything above the neck, so like a sniffly, a sniffly nose or a sore head, then you're fine to train if you feel up to training. Um, and that's not, that's not like sort of our team rule. That's a rule based on like lots of different parts of, lots of different bits of evidence, basically, um, that I've looked at training when ill. Because what actually happens when you do an acute bout of exercise, so when you go to the gym, for example, is that actually it re- temporarily reduces your immune function. So you get this like dampen in your immune response for up to 36 hours after you train. So if you're already fighting any sort of illness severely and your immune system is really working hard to fight that off, what happens when you go to the gym is that you make it a lot harder for your immune system to keep working because you're dampening its response um and so that makes your illness worse and it makes recovery from illness um take a lot longer so that's why we have that rule it's not just about because you don't feel up to it actually it makes your illness worse and it makes it a lot uh, take a lot longer to recover from and also gyms are really disgustingly dirty and the germs in there are vile um they've got to be one of the dirtiest places other than like jacuzzis um so being ill when you're and your immune system is already dampened and then going into a gym where people don't wash their hands and then touch the weights is the worst thing that you can do 
Um, and so that's the general that's the general guidance. Um, and it is it's a kind of scientific guideline that we that that when I used to work with athletes, um, like performance elite athletes, it was exactly the same guideline that we would use. Have you got anything to add to that, Lou? Um, yeah, I'd just say um, prioritize recovery in that instance. So if you think about if you go to the gym when you're not feeling very well and you know you can't give it your all and you're going to be working at 50, 60%, potentially making that illness worse, then if you're going to prolong that for an extra three, four days of increasing the illness for three, four days, you could have recovered within like two, three days and then be back training. And therefore, you're actually limiting your progress as well. So looking at it from a progress perspective, it's silly to train at 50, 60% or less and try and drag it out for the week when you're making yourself worse, when you could recover in two, three days of rest, making sure your calories are up, making sure that you're getting lots of nutrients in there and resting up and ready to hit it in like three, four days time. Um, so it's just as well as it being right by um, recovery and making the illness worse, but actually it makes sense in the long term as well of getting quicker progress and getting back on your feet. So whenever I have a client that's got like a chesty cough or is feeling really run down, I always say, rest up get your calories back up to maintenance maybe a little bit above make sure you're eating enough um make sure you're getting your sleep in when you can then yeah it's it's one of those common things you all get ill from time to time and just making sure that we're prioritizing recovery at that point and sort of almost taking upping self-care rather than grinding it out because it's just gonna make things worse yep agreed um awesome so that's everyone in the know now for training when sick. Don't do it. Awesome. <laughs> um, another question. Let's have a look. Another question that I got um, was, I think this was my, this might have been one on the Facebook group or it might have been a client, I'm not sure, but it's how to stop eating when um, you feel angry or when you feel upset and what steps, someone has said, you know, what steps can I put in place to stop me from having this knee-jerk reaction where I eat? because I'm really angry at a situation when all I need to do is just get angry. Yeah. Um, and so, Stephen, again, do you want me to go first or do you want to answer this one? Um, I, I think I did a post on this a couple of weeks ago about um, the process of being angry and sort of overeating. And it was basically changing your mood as much as you can. So feeling your feelings, if you're angry or upset, that's perfectly fine. And we talk a lot about... Um, feeling your feels, making sure that you're in tune with them and understanding your emotions rather than um, just reacting and reaching for, I don't know, for, for me, it used to be like tubs of Ben and Jerry's and things like that. And it is okay to, food should be comforting, comforting but it doesn't give you an ex excuse to comfort eat and sort of dig into your emotions and try and swallow them. Um, and I, I think a couple of weeks ago, somebody might have said to me that, your happiness won't be at the bottom of that ice cream tub. You won't figure that you won't find the happiness there. So um, just making sure that you understand your feelings and maybe even trying to change your current mood or thought process. Some of the ideas are like watching a program that you really like, or just having some self care there to get you in a better headspace before you reach for food and comfort eating. Yeah. I think I remember that post. That was a really good post. And yeah, absolutely. What you said um we always talk about feeling your feelings and comfort eating is okay if it brings you comfort but you have to be very honest with yourself if you say that, you know for me if I want to feel comfort I might have a cup of tea and a boost bar because boost bars are life um 
but I don't have a cup of tea and then I know that one booze bar is going to make me feel good but five booze bars is probably not going to make me feel great most of the time so it's about sort of acknowledging how you feel and then thinking right how do I feel right now and actually ask yourself out loud say like if you're sitting there crying you know that you feel sad so say you know recognize it and say I I feel sad or I feel angry right now and then just kind of breathe through it so actually just sit I'd say for a couple of breaths take some deep breaths um really long really slow breaths and say right what do I need right now that's going to make me feel better before you even think about even having comfort food actually like you said acknowledge your feelings and then think what actually will make me feel better um and then say for example you're really upset and you need to speak to your best friend then speak to your best friend and then after you've spoken to your best friend say okay now do I still want that boost bar if you do then then great go and have a boost bar if you don't then you've you've helped yourself with that feeling without the need for food so it's about really like like you said it's about acknowledging your feelings taking some deep breaths to kind of just stop yourself there um, and then thinking of an alternative and a really other a really helpful other thing you can do is um, ask yourself ask yourself how you'll feel tomorrow if you mindlessly eat and ask yourself how you'll feel tomorrow if you don't just kind of asking yourself out loud and a lot of what we do is telling yourself to speak to yourself so you sound a little bit nuts but actually just speaking to yourself can really really add that stopgap and really really help in terms of what your next action is yeah and I think it's it's hard because I think a lot of us have probably been brought up in an in an era or where it's a norm to sort of hide your feelings in food and we're trying to almost go against that because we want people to understand your feelings and emotions and how you react and it'll help you build better reactions in the future and become more of a dare I say like holistic person and when you understand your feelings and emotions you're able to manage situations a bit better and it's definitely one of the best skills probably I've learned in the last couple of years and we're all still learning we're all still none of us are perfect in this so if you do find and you sort of wake up and you're halfway through maybe a bag of crisps or whatever just thinking right that's okay forgiving yourself and going I'm still learning I'm still human reflecting why am I doing this I'm feeling sad I'm feeling upset I'm feeling angry I'm feeling anxious and then right what can I actually do that's going to be productive and actually help me get through this moment in time that's tough and yeah yeah, it's just it's a learning curve and it nobody's perfect at it We, we all get better the more we do it so it will take practice yeah I think that actually ties in really well with the other question that I got um so I'm going to kind of just move us on to it because someone I was speaking to one of my clients and I and I said to her I think you're one of those people that says I'm fine all the time even when you're not and and we were laughing about this before you Louis because I always say that I'm fine um sometimes it means I am sometimes (laughs) I'm not but she said you know how can you tell that I'm that person that says I'm fine and I think that all of us and I and I bet most people listening as well have at some point been said someone said to them how are you feeling and they reply like oh I'm fine but then really that night they they go and eat a, a full large Domino's a full tub of Ben and Jerry's and they go to bed thinking oh I'm fine I'm in a lot of pain because I've eaten more than I wanted to but I'm fine and it's one of the reasons why a lot of us eat mindlessly is to protect ourselves and to kind of have this game face on all the time that we're okay. And I think it happens in men and women, but I think as well, specifically a lot in women who 
who have been brought up to kind of think, oh, Beyonce says that, you know, strong women do this, this and this, and strong women don't cry over men, and strong women don't, like, cry because they they messed up at work. They just keep going because they're independent women. So we are we're very preconditioned to think that showing emotion is a negative thing. And yeah. instead of showing emotion, we go, I'm just going to eat. And, and what will happen is that I'll eat so much that I'll be distracted when I eat and I'll be in pain because I've eaten so much. And that will then distract me even more. And I won't have to deal with the fact that I'd, all I want to do right now is cry. Um, and so it's very similar to that kind of situation where you have to be very honest with yourself and say, ah, am I acknowledging how I feel or am I putting a game face on and, and then numbing my feelings with, with food instead? Yeah, and I'd, I've got a few friends, some of them who I just, I've met through Instagram over the last few years, but we talk most days. Um, and if I am feeling down, I will just, instead of going, um, instead of just responding to the sort of, how are you? It's like, you know, what, I'm not having a great day today. This is why and I'm feeling a bit down about it. And even just sometimes getting it out either to yourself or a trusted friend can really help. And um, like you said, with women have been brought up to be strong. I, I see that a lot in men where men don't really know how to process their feelings, but they've been taught to not, boys don't cry. And it's one of the most um, empowering things, I'd say, is and being able to like feel your feelings as, as a man, as a bloke, and being okay with them. Because when you just hide them and dig them down, they're, they're still going to be there and they're going to lie dormant until you sort of learn to deal with them and if you don't learn to deal with them then they sort of build up and build up and build up and then they become a really big thing um and one of the things that i've in the last few years i've sort of been on a journey with my my emotions me talking about them um me talking to other people about them some of my friends and helping them through their situations and then helping me through my situations is we've all become a lot better at communicating with each other about these things and we all are better off for it Absolutely. So you're not weak. You're not. You're not less of a man or a woman by talking about your feelings and emotions. You, you're just doing the right thing by you and doing the, helping you become the best version of yourself possible. Yeah. What's really interesting, actually, is you're, like obviously you're completely right. And um, Brene Brown, one of my favorite authors, she talks a lot about um, shame triggers and the kind of what triggers it triggers us to feel ashamed of ourselves. And actually, what she says in in women, the biggest shame trigger in her research is body image. So we feel most ashamed about the way that our body looks as women. But with men, it's about not feeling masculine enough and yeah. showing emotion. And so there's a big, big shame trigger there with men where when they when they feel that they show their feelings or their emotions, they, I say they, I should be saying you, but you know, you when you feel like you've shown your emotions, you feel almost ashamed of it because you're conditioned to feel ashamed of it. And then again, that can lead to self-destructive behaviors like numbing behaviors for example yeah and i think we're in a big transition stage at the moment especially as men in general um the generation before us probably are still in that men don't talk about feelings and emotions that's that's for women to do um but i find me and a lot of my friends are probably open and it's becoming especially with the rise in male suicide of not talking about these things um it's becoming a lot more prominent amongst men sort of my age and their 20s early 30s um of talking about like their feelings and emotions and opening up to each other which i think is only going to do us only going to benefit us in the long run um it enables you to communicate better with other people and 
have better relationships with people where you can sort of go, I'm going to be honest, that kind of upset me what you just said there. Um, This is why. And having those almost difficult conversations because nobody's bottling anything up. So it, it is a brilliant thing to talk about your feelings and not just hiding behind I'm fine all the time because not many people are fine. We all have our insecurities, our worries, our anxieties, things that upset us. And the more we voice them, the more sometimes they can build up in our head when they're not really a big thing as well. Yeah, so, no, yeah. no one is fine. No one is yeah. fine. <laughs> um, what, what, did, what question do you have that you wanted to talk about? So one that I always get, and it's, it's difficult. Um, so I'll, I'll let you take this one. Um, so it is um, self-care in general, but finding the balance between having self-care or self-love, but also wanting to change in composition. So getting leaner or having composition goals. Mm, very good question and very good question to everyone that's asked you that question. <laughs> um, and I get it a lot as well. It's about kind of that finding that balance between self-care and compassion and pushing yourself harder. And yeah. I think it takes a lot of work on yourself, with yourself, and it takes a lot of work with when you're working with your coach as well um, to kind of identify for yourself actually what makes you feel good so for example really killing yourself in, in a one training session maybe you've got like a couple of training sessions a week we think i'm really going to push myself this week and you have to really grit your teeth and grind harder bro um you know that at the end of that week you're you're going to feel really good because you've really pushed it hard that's still compassion that's still a compassionate thing to do for yourself because the outcome is that you're going to feel good about yourself whereas if you went into that those training sessions you're like I'm going to kill myself because I've eaten too much for example then all you're doing you're going to come out of those sessions feeling exhausted and punished and you're not going to feel good so you could be doing the exact same thing but one doing it with the mindset of I'm going to feel good after this is self-care and compassion but doing it with the mindset of I'm going to burn off everything that I've eaten and and I'm going to punish myself for eating you're going to end up feeling really crappy about yourself so it's very much about thinking about the intention of what you're doing um if you say for example you skip the gym one night because you are you are exhausted from work you've got to get up at 5 a.m the next day and you just know it's going to be rammed and it's going to be horrible and you're going to get stressed out you say right instead i'm going to take a bath and have an early night that's very compassionate and actually if you said if your best friend told you that they were going to do that you wouldn't be like god you're so lazy but if you finished work, you felt fine. You just couldn't truly be arsed to go to the gym. Um, you've got all the time. You're just going to sit and watch Netflix. And you're just taking it easy on yourself. Tomorrow you're going to feel crap because you didn't just push yourself into going. So, yeah, it's, it's a really hard question. And often I used to find that I wouldn't, like some, some of my clients know that sometimes I'm really harsh on them. Um, and Louie will be the same and Anna will be the same because sometimes the most compassionate thing to do is be a little bit hard on yourself but you have to be very, very, very honest about where that is coming from. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I agree. It's sort of the, what's the intention behind what you're doing? Um, is that coming from a loving place or are you just punishing yourself? Um, and it's almost like if I've, I've said, it's always context dependent as well. So sometimes it is right to go to the gym and sometimes it's not, which makes it hard because you've got to make that judgment for yourself at that very moment of, right, I've had a really long day. 
I haven't seen my kids or my family this week and I'm just going to go to the gym again. Is that the right decision for you? Is that what you want for the long term? And maybe actually spending time at home is probably the best thing for you if you're tired and you, your body's battered from training all week, you haven't recovered properly. Um, and maybe instead of just going at home and sitting down and watching Netflix, maybe there's a middle ground where you're like, right, we're going to go out for a walk this evening because it's a brighter evening. I get to spend time with my kids and my family, but I'm also being active as well. So there's a lot to take in. And what we're trying to do as coaches is empower you to make the right decisions and sort of there's no there's no wrong or failing in this it is learning as we go so if you have a week where you didn't train and it's it's not worked out because your, your body's battered or you just haven't been motivated instead of going well I've failed this week it's going right that's happened that isn't what I want or isn't going to get get me to where I want to be that isn't the most loving thing how can I improve on that we've learned from last week as long as we learn from what's happened previously that hasn't aligned with our goals and values then I think that's the most important thing that you're never going to nail it 100% of the time uh, especially when you're just starting out it is very much a learning process of what's the right decision for you and your goals in that moment in time yeah yeah uh, I think also as well is really um, is what's really useful is remembering that you might think that we're just being softened by saying oh well you you need to come from a place of love but actually there's evidence behind the fact that the more positive you are towards yourself um, the the potentially more fat loss you're gonna your the greater fat loss you're gonna achieve by by being positive about it rather than being negative about it and if your goal is actually to improve your relationship with food then there's a ton of evidence that shows that the more compassionate you are the less disordered eating habits you have so it's not us just saying oh love yourself and everything will be fine it's actually saying regardless of whether your goal is fat loss or your goal is to improve your relationship with food there's evidence that suggests that being nice to yourself being positive about things is going to improve your ability to reach your goals and to achieve your goals so it's just as important to as tracking as honoring your hunger as being mindful or whatever your habits are at the moment depending on where you're going with your goals this is just as important yeah and I think it's I think it's hard sometimes to always have that future in mind that future happiness not just the physique goal but future happiness um a lot of people who I've worked with in the past I've had to they've come in and they've said i want to reach this physique um where it's super lean and i've almost had to almost talk them through it and go to get to that level we might have to make a lot of sacrifices further down the line and just making you aware of what level of sacrifice that might take and we'll play it as we see it as we get towards that goal because you want to get lean and that's perfectly fine but the overall goal potentially in my opinion should always be to be happier um there's no point being shredded and lean if you're going to be miserable and that sort of comes back to that self-care element of we need to bring it almost back towards the center between that self-care and body composition and finding out where that sweet point is for you in your circumstance Mm -hmm. yep totally agree um okay i am gonna save the next couple of questions for the next podcast i think um awesome so we've been rambling for 25 minutes have you got anything else that you wanted to cover 
Um, no, I think that's all of them. We've got a few more for next time, which would be good. Um, we will try and get podcast in the next couple of weeks again for you. Yes, we will. And if you have any questions, just put them on a Facebook group or message your coach and we will talk about them on the next podcast. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much, guys. And we will speak to all of you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.